Good morning, everyone. I just wanted you to know that I am privileged to serve on the Faber International Board of Directors for America. We have a board in Uganda and a board in South Sudan as well. We work with them collectively. And so I know up front how the monies are spent. And let me tell you, they are spent for souls. And you would be blessed to be a part of, uh, of this ministry, partnering or praying with. And my understanding is we'll have an opportunity to sow into favor uh, at, the fall, at the conclusion of the service. Is that right? Okay. So we'll be able to do that so you can be thinking. Years ago, Dr. Lester Sumrall, one of my mentors for about 13 or 14 years, said to me early on when my children were kind of young, he said, feed your children what you want them to love. If you want them to love Israel, take them to Israel. If you want them to love missions, take them to a missions trip. Well, I also believe that if you want your household to love the people of this world, adopt a missionary and support them actively. Send letters, send finances, maybe take a trip there, but stay connected. You know, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. I like that word, into. It's really important that we get into our children's lives. Not just, hey, how you doing and how was school? But if they enjoy something specific, you get into that specificity so that they understand that you are really connecting with them. It's the same thing with South Sudan or Chad or any of the other places that favor is touching. Ten nations, think about that. It is getting into that world. Teach your children about the Sudanese. Now, we all probably heard there's a war between North and South Sudan, but we really don't know much about it, the average American. It doesn't make the top newscasts. But if you study it and teach your children, they'll have a burden for those people. And God will bless you. How many believe that? Can I see your hand if you believe it? All right. right. Praise God. And Darlene, will you be, oh, you'll be leaving, huh? You're going to Cleveland. So um, hmm. how can they contact you? Is there, is it just favorinternational.org? Dot com. Favorinternational.com. And then you can contact them for more information, I guess. So that'll work. Um, I, I got to tell you a little bit uh, of a story. I, can I tell you a story before I preach? There's a little boy, and he's in Sunday school, and the Sunday school teacher is teaching on how God created man and women, men and women. And, and, and uh, the little boy was really intrigued when he, when he heard the Sunday school teacher say that Eve was created from Adam's rib. He was like, wow, that's amazing, you know. So a few weeks later, he's on the floor, uh, kind of groaning, and his mom's saying, what is wrong? What's going on? He goes, Mom, I got a pain in my side. I think I'm going to have a wife. <laughs> not that women are pains in the sides, please. That's not what I meant. I just thought that was cute. <laughs> All right. What a great worship time this morning. Thank you to all of you that led our worship, uh, the band and, and the singers, and my goodness, the presence of God is so powerful. Don't miss those moments. 
You know, the universe, how many, how many know that the universe is vast? It's big. And when scientists think they've got the end of it, all of a sudden they discover there's more to that. And they just can't figure out when does it end. Well, here's the thing. It doesn't. Because it is God's sanctuary. God's sanctuary is the universe. And think about how much he loves you and me that he determined that he would send his only begotten son to the earth in all of this universe. And then he would allow humans to build a temple that they expected God to live in. And he did. That's how much he loves us. He came from the universe, which is his courtyard, to earth, to a temple made by humans to prove his love for each and every one of us. I want you to tell someone next to you this morning that God really, really loves you. Now, I'm not going to keep you long. It's 1117 if you're taking drugs or medicine or anything that you have to do. But uh, I'm not, I really am not going to keep you long. But I want you to go to your Bible. Did you bring a Bible, a tablet, your iPhone, whatever it is, the screens, if you don't have any of it, that's the easiest. 2 Kings 20, verses 2 to 6. It's a story about the king of Israel. His name was Hezekiah. It says, remember now, Lord, I pray how I've walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Now, why, did he, why was he weeping? Well, he wept bitterly because he was about to die. And it happened before Isaiah had gone out. Okay, let's see, where we go. Return, is that verse 2? Oh, we went to 5. Okay, we don't have, t- what happened to 3? Is there, a th- is there a three? There's a three. Remember now, Lord, I pray how I walk before you in, tr- with, in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what it was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly, verse four. Now we're at verse four. I'm, I'm caught up. I'm sorry. And it happened before he had gone out in the middle of the court that the word of the Lord came to him saying, listen to what God said to him. He said, return and tell Hezekiah. This is the prophet Isaiah the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I've heard your prayer and I've seen your tears. Surely I will heal you on the third day. You shall go up to the house of the Lord. Verse six. And I will add to your days 15 years and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant, David. Hezekiah, you might say, was up against the wall. The prophet had come because God told him, go tell him, get your house in order, you're about to die. Before the prophet could even leave the courtyard, God said, all right, I've heard him crying out, I heard him pleading with me, I heard his prayer, go back and tell him I'm going to give him 15 more years. You talk about an emotional roller coaster. But Hezekiah was what I would say the wall. My question is, have you ever hit the wall? You know, hitting the wall may not be sickness. Hitting the wall may be loss of finances or a job. Hitting the wall might be getting arrested and going to jail. 
Hitting the wall might be that doctor's diagnosis that says you have six months to live. When that happens in our life, we have to make a decision. Sometimes it's so mentally exhausting and we're so frustrated and fatigued and we feel like we're failing that that very moment when we're up against the wall, we feel like there's no hope. There's no hope and there's no help. That's how Hezekiah was feeling. But he cried out to the Lord. And I believe more than just crying out, he saw something when he looked at the wall. And this is what I want to encourage all of us. When we hit the wall in life, and you will. There's not a person in here that won't hit the wall multiple times. And if we don't go through the wall... We'll keep hitting our head on the wall. Statistics say this, that 85% of the people who hit a wall in life never go through it. They bounce off, go around the mountain one more time, hit the wall, bounce off, go around the mountain one more time, hit the wall, and every time they do, they become more focused on what they don't have, what they've lost, and that wall experience defines who they're becoming. They see themselves as a failure. They see themselves as always losing. But Hezekiah, when he was up against the wall, ladies and gentlemen, saw through the wall. And I want to encourage every one of us, no matter what you're facing, maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's some kind of an addiction that you can't break. It really doesn't matter what the wall is, but when you're up against it, don't allow it to define you or don't allow it to determine your future. I've learned something in my life when I hit the wall. At that moment, I thought this was it. That there was no more life after it. But I've learned something that life is a journey. And you and I are going to have to make the decision that serving God means through the good times, and through the not-so-good times. Because God doesn't change. Circumstances change. But how many know that God is good all the time? A recent author that we read, my wife and I, said, God is good. God is good to me. And God is good all by himself. And sometimes when you hit the wall, you've got to tell yourself that. Look in the mirror and say, God is good, Lou. God is good to you, Lou. And God is good all by himself and doesn't need your help, Lou. You hear, you hear what I'm saying? You've got to be persuaded that God is good. You've got to put a stake in the ground and said, I will serve him. As for me and my house, 
I'm going to serve the Lord. High tide, low tide, no tide. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. When you overcome this sense of failure or loss or not meeting expectations. You know, I remember there were times when I hit a wall so hard emotionally. All I could do was cry. There were times I'd walk down the end of my driveway looking up into the sky as if there was going to be some magical answer. And I look up and I'm like, God. And it's silence. So I raised my voice. God! And it's still silent. And tears fall on my cheeks. And I feel like I'm losing it. I feel like depression, like Pastor Lou was talking about. We're more depressed in this generation than ever before, yet we have more knowledge. You know why? Because we see the wall as a final act in our life. And it's not. Hezekiah looked through the wall. Now, I'm not a marathon runner, but I have run most of my life. And I can run. I mean, I think the furthest I've gone is nine or ten miles. I never made a half marathon. I never ran, you know, for time and trying to beat other people. I just run for me. But I've learned something about hitting the wall when you're running. Anybody know what I'm talking about in that? Hitting the wall? Yeah. You feel like you can't run any further. I remember hitting six miles, and I thought, wow, that's pretty good. And then just over six miles, I'm like, okay, that's it. I can't go any further. And I'm like, okay, that's that mystical wall that everybody talks about. So if I keep running, if I keep pushing, recognizing that there is a finish line on the other side of this fatigue that I'm feeling. It'll pull me through the resistance that's trying to stop me in my tracks. I want you all to know today that there is a finish line. We're going to go to the kingdom. We're going to see Jesus face to face. And just because you're up against the wall today doesn't mean that there's not another day of blessing waiting for you. You have to be determined to go through the wall. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 24, 16. For the righteous fall seven times, but what does he do? He gets back up again. Come on, look at somebody with your finger and point it like this and say, you got to get back up again. The other night, my wife said, well, you're going to go on your walk? And I try to walk at least five miles. And I said, well, I need to. But I don't want to. There's a big difference between what we need to do and what we want to do. I want to eat that extra piece of cake, but I don't need it. And how many know often we live on the want side? And not on the need side. That's sort of like what a wall is. It keeps you on the want side. I want somebody to do something. I want God to deliver me. I want this to be over. 
The need side is, I need you, God, because I can't do this by myself. I need to hold on because I know my God is faithful. I need to be determined. I need to hold on to faith. I need to stay in faith. I want to give up. But I'm here to tell you my wants are not going to take priority over what I need to do. And I need to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not unto my own understanding. And in all of his my ways, acknowledge God. Come on, look at somebody a little sassy and say, you need to. Hezekiah knew something about God that made him press in. You've got to be persuaded. My wife said this yesterday. When you're in the middle of the storm, when you're out in the middle of the ocean, that's not time to take swimming lessons. You ought to be learning how to swim right now. Why? Because the storm is coming. That's what the Bible says. When the flood waters rise, when the rain descends, come on, it's coming to us, but we know that we are His people. We are bought with a price. We are His precious treasure on the earth. Our God has never forsaken us. He will never leave us. Those that cry out to God, He will hear. So if you're up against the wall, We've got to begin to cry out to the Lord. Why? Because now to Him, Ephesians 3 and 20, who by the power that is working within us is able to do far beyond all we can think and all we can ask. Something good is about to happen to you. Come on, something good. You've got to begin to tell yourself that this is my failure is not my final. Where I am presently is not where I'm going to be. Because my God is good. Uh-huh. He is good to me. And he is good all by himself. You know, sometimes we think, well, if I could just get somebody to help me. You've got somebody. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, God gave him a sign because he thought that the wall was too high to get through. And, and he said, can you give me a sign, God? And God said, well, what kind of sign do you want? And he set aside the astronomical law and shadow went up the steps, ten steps. And he was showing him that this wall is so minute compared to what I can do. I hung the stars, I spun the planets, and you don't think I can get you through the other side of this wall? Watch this. And the reason why he put it backwards, because he wanted nobody to make a mistake, that if the shadow went forward, they would have thought, well, that's already the motion. But he stopped what was in motion and created a new motion opposing that which had been created by himself and said, watch me be God all by myself. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 
boom, 10. And Hezekiah said, good God almighty. He knew that God was on the move in his life. Rest assured, God is on the move in your life. You have to strengthen your steps when you're in the journey. Like I said, take swimming lessons now. Realize all you need is inside of you. 1 John 4, 4, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said the kingdom. Come on, everybody say kingdom. The kingdom of God is within you. I mean, think about that. Walking around with a kingdom in you. And not just the kingdom of man. We're talking about the kingdom of God in me. What you going to do? Huh? Come on. Little wall, what you going to do? I've got the kingdom of God in me. You know, sometimes we forget who we are, who we're with. Who's before us? And we see in 1 John 4, 4, that the one that's in us is greater than the wall that's opposing us. I have to tell you, your story's not over. Just because a chapter has come to an end doesn't mean the book is finished. It's emotional. I know, it's real. You feel it. You sense it. Everybody around you is about to write you off. You know, I love those naysayers, you know. Yeah, my dad got that, and he was dead within two weeks. Like, why are you telling me that? Well, how do you feel led of God to tell me that? <laughs> well, I don't know. You got sin in your life? And, you know, you get all these, you get all these, People who want to deflate your faith. You, you got to be tough with those kind of people. You got to be kind, but you got to be tough. You got to say to them, listen, I don't want to hear it. I don't believe what you're saying. Don't waste your breath on me. That's actually really stupid. Sometimes you just have to draw the line and say, don't cross it. God said to Jeremiah, I know the plans that I got for you. And where you're at right now, that ain't it. Now, I want you to think about your husband, your wife. I want you to think about that lost uh, sibling or that child. Where they are right now. And sometimes we think, well, that's where they're going to be. All the, that's where they've been for the last 10 years. That's, that's, that's the attitude they've had. Listen, listen, God said, I know the plans I have for them. And where they are right now is not it. If I can get you in agreement with me, we're going to see that wall broken down and then break through on the other side. 
It's a matter of believing God. I like this saying. Maybe you could put it up there. Make the rest of your life the best of your life. Every morning when I wake up, I'm like, God, you are so good to me. I breathe all night on my own. I don't remember ever having to tell myself to take a breath. And this morning as I was lying in bed, I took five deep cleansing breaths. But I had to think about that. I went. And with everyone, I said, God, you are so good to me. I was doing that all night, and I didn't even know it. That song just touched me earlier, even though we don't. How's it go? Feel it. He's working. Like you're breathing. Did you wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and go, man, I'm tired. I took a lot of breaths. (laughs) You didn't even think about it. Even though you don't know it, he's working. God's working on your behalf right now. God is is turning the prophetic voice back to your bedside. When that prophet walked into that king's room and said, we're giving you 15 more. Hezekiah, I can imagine what he thought. He's like, hey man, hallelujah. Even though he know it, he's working. I think he got up and started dancing a little bit, getting excited because he got his breakthrough, his Baal parasim. There's not a person in this room who either right now doesn't need a breakthrough or tomorrow will be needing a breakthrough. But here's the beauty. We have the one who breaks through in us. So go with a different attitude. Go with a different mindset. Because today is the first day of the rest of your life. I was reading this morning in Exodus. Did you know that Israel was fed uh, manna for 40 years? Every morning. You know, it's like, hey, Tina, you getting the man of the day or you want me to get it? I get it. Okay. 40 years. Can you imagine eating man every day? I mean, they fried it. They cooked it. They boiled it. They did everything they could to kind of mix it up a little bit. Give us this day our Daily bread. I love that in the morning when I say, Father, thank you, and throughout the day, for food, clothing, shelter, air to breathe, and water to drink, because it comes from your hand. Oftentimes when I get up in the morning, I don't eat anything, and I should. I know. I know I should eat breakfast. It's the best meal of the day. I know that. I know all that. But I don't normally eat any breakfast. And, and the first time I eat, 
as I'm approaching to eat for the day, I'm thinking in my mind, God, you had this food prepared for me before I was even hungry. It's amazing how provision is before us on the other side of where we think we can never go and never exist. That's why today you've got to surround yourself with cheerleaders. You've got to find people who will encourage you, people who will build you up. You need to get some attaboys in your life. I like what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said. Move forward. If you can't fly, then run. And if you can't run, then walk. And if you can't walk, crawl. But whatever you have to do, keep moving forward. I love that. Keep moving forward forward. Find your fire again. Some of us have to break through. We're, we're, sort, of, we're sort of stuck. We're kind of like, well, I go to church. I believe in God. I like this word, but we don't have to do all this. This is too much. You need to cross over. You need to become radical. Right? You need to become the life of the Holy Ghost party. You don't, you don't say, say, well, how come I'm not like that? Why don't I feel everybody else is up there dancing? They're going, whoa, even though I don't really I feel it. Oh, you're way maker. And you're just standing there going, okay, how long are we going to be doing this? You got to get out of that. How long are we going to be doing this to getting up there with them crazies? Come on. Lift up your hand before the Lord right now. Lift up your hand before the Lord. Look up to heaven and say, Father, make me one of those crazy worshipers. (laughs) Watch out now. I like it. Stay in faith. Negativity is self-sabotage. Wayne Dyer said this, change your thoughts, change your life. I say, believe the word, speak the word, see the word. Line up your thoughts with the word. I like what Tina said yesterday. If you can't speak the word, shut up! (laughs) You ain't got nothing to say if you can't say spirit words. Talk to the hand because I ain't listening. Come on now. We got to get our words right. So we can break through the wall. Change your life. If his life isn't working, what do you do? You stand there and stare and go, oh, more poor me. No, you make a move. If you can't run, you walk. If you can't walk, you crawl. If you can't crawl, you, walk, you roll. I, I don't know, just move. <laughs> Jesus said this. I can do all things. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
And I got a revelation of that many years ago. I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. I saw I can do. And I always hear from people, they say, I can't do that. And I say, you can do that. Why? Because he said you can do all things. I said, well, let's change that up a minute. You said I can't. So spell can't with me. Ready? C-A-N apostrophe T. That's can't. So let's change it up. I can, because of the cross, I can, the T is the cross, do all things for Christ strengthens me. You are cross-empowered. The devil was defeated at the cross. You are cross-empowered. You are just bad to the bone. Come on now. I mean, I'm looking at some real warriors in here. They kind of get cut up and bleed and bruised and knocked down and get back up and keep on fighting. Why? Because you have the cross before you. That's a place of finishing. Have you hit the wall in your life? Rewire your thoughts. No more double-mindedness. Either he's God or he's not. And if he's not, then go serve this world. But if he is, if he is God, then trust in the Lord with all your heart. I like that scripture that says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. What does that mean? Your way of your marriage, the way of your money, the way of your health, the way of your thoughts, the way of everything. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. How do you acknowledge? The word acknowledge means to agree with, to put in practice. In other words, take his word and put it in that marriage. Have a, have a God marriage. And then he says he'll give you the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart become... The desires of your heart become his ways. When we acknowledge his ways. God's ready to bear his strong arm on behalf of your deliverance. Just as he did to Hezekiah. When I was going through my cancer battle, which I'm reminded of every day. Because one of my prayers is I wake up in the morning and say, Father, thank you for another cancer-free day. I'll never, ever not say that as long as I have my mental capacity because I know that where I was and what could have happened didn't happen because God brought me through. So I want to say thank you, Jesus. Do you have something to say thank you, Jesus, for? Well, lift up a hand and just say thank you, Jesus. Now, if you want to get real spiritual, do it like this. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. See, that felt better, didn't it? Didn't that feel better? I'm telling you that felt better. See, you can say, thank you, Jesus, or you can get up there and say, thank you, Jesus. Woo, did you feel that? Okay. Four things are going to happen on the other side of the wall, and with this I close. I'm two minutes over. A greater level of brokenness. You'll live in a greater level of brokenness when you go through the wall. I can't expound on that but appreciate the fact that you will. Number two, you'll have a greater appreciation for God's presence. Because you know that you didn't go that, through that wall on your own had it not been for God. Number three, a deeper ability to wait on God. 
I like that old song. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. You like that one? Sing it with me. They shall run and not be weary. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. And not everybody knew that one. I, I see a choir right in here somewhere. That, that was pretty good. And then number four, you'll have a greater detachment from the world. How many know this world is not our home? I'm a sojourner. You know how they say, I'm a soul man. I like to sing it this way. I'm a sojourner. I'm passing through, baby. This ain't my home. That's what I am. Look at me now because you won't be looking long. I'm out of here one day. And so are you. My question is, when you leave this planet, where will you go? Will you go to heaven? Or will you not? The Bible tells us that hell was never created for man. It was created for the enemy, the devil himself. That's why today, if anybody call upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. And you can too. Bow your heads with me. Father, Holy Spirit, draw us right now into your presence. For every man, woman, boy, or girl, and a person within the hearing of my voice, that if they were to die today, would not know whether they'd go to heaven or hell. Let them today say, I want to go to heaven. Father, we thank you that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, we shall be saved. No one looking around now, and I'm going to ask you this question, sir, ma'am. Do you want to be saved? Do you want heaven and not hell? God and not the devil. And if that's you on the count of three, just raise your hand up before the Lord. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Thank you for those hands. You can put them back down. Bless the Lord. Lots of hands went up. I'm going to ask our altar ministers to come across the front. Everybody stand up on your feet, please. Thank you for your patience with me today. On the way out, Pastor Lou, what are we doing? You get the mic? Okay, come on. Could you ask those that raised their hand to come up for prayer? Could you do that? Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Um, listen, if you raised your hand this morning, the folks up here on the altar, at the altar this morning, are here to pray with you. They want to, on your behalf, connect you with the best decision that you will ever make today. Were you blessed this morning with Dr. Kaden's message? Amen. Let them know you love them. Hang tight with me just for one more second. I want to make you guys aware of two things. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Darlene, if you, if you recognized her this morning a little bit, she sounded a little bit like somebody you know. Uh, she is Bobby Ball's sister, so that's pretty, pretty unique. So if you remember Bobby and uh, Greg, it, right away when I got to meet her this morning, I'm like, oh my goodness, it's, 
It's like talking to your sister right there. But, uh, man, what a blessing and what a mighty work they are doing in Africa. We need to support them. There's still information in the lobby. Here's what I'd like to do is present you all with the opportunity. And ushers, if you would, please prepare yourselves at the doors. We want to bless them and continue to support their ministry as we have for many years and will continue to do so. Uh, to make things easy, if you're considering giving today, please do consider that. We'd like for you to write a check and or give, uh, and we'll give that on behalf of Church on the North Coast. So if you're writing a check today to Favor of God Ministries, you can do that, and you can drop that in the bag on the way out. We will then write a check for that full amount from Church on the North Coast to Favor of God Ministries uh, and making an impact there with them. So please consider that as you go today. Otherwise, we want to tell you that we love you. We want you to live right. We want you to love everybody and pray hard. Here's the last thing. Fellas, where you at? You in the room today? This Friday, I want to invite you to a very, very special outing right here at Lost Nation Park. I don't like the name of it, but I don't even know what the, the Lost Nation Park, we're going to be hooping and I want you to be there. So come out, hang out with me, hang out with some other, other guys. I know Pastor Troy's going to be there. A few other fellows are going to be there. Come out and just socialize with us. Man, I can't do it. My knees hurt. My back hurts. That's all right. You can pass us the ball. You can cheer us on. But we want to get together, just strengthen our relationship with one another. We're going to be there at 7 o'clock on Friday night, just right across the street here. So whether you're a hooper or you're an old hooper, it doesn't matter. Anything in between, come out, be a part. That's all for our, for our men, okay? So for our men to be there and spend some time with one another. Live right, love everybody, pray hard, enjoy your Sunday today. Be blessed.